It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, welcome to a Friday edition of Locked On Raptors. Sean Woodley here with you as we are going to talk about a game day. The Toronto Raptors take on the Boston Celtics tonight. But first, we have some other sort of lingering thoughts from the season opener on Wednesday that it, we didn't quite get to on yesterday's show, but we are going to get to them today with Katie Heindel, one of our favorite guests, who's celebrating a birthday today. And boy, do I have something very stupid planned for that. We have all that coming up on today's show, so stick around. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot trying to miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number uh, 1041. Yeah, that's what it is. 1041 of Locked On Raptors for Friday, October the 22nd, the birthday of today's guest, Katie Heindel. Hi, Katie. Welcome to the show. It's so happy <laughs> to see you. It's so happy. It's so good to see you. It's so happy to see you. I'm very excited for your birthday. How are you? Thanks, man. That's like, uh, I'm great. Thank you. And that's the excitement that I really long for uh, on my birthday from everybody. But you know, you never usually get it. But I really, so I really appreciate it. It's the second pandemic birthday for a lot of people. So I think yeah. it's worth uh, making a big deal out of it. I normally don't care about my birthday at all. Mine comes up next week. And I'm ready to be like a messy little birthday boy on Tuesday <laughs> night for some reason. Uh, because why not? It's the pandemic or the tail end of it or hopefully the tail end of it. And we got to <laughs> celebrate something. Uh, I have a thing for you in a sec, a birthday surprise involving pyrotechnics in one sec. But we'll get to that Ooh. after we get through some business. Uh, we've got uh, on today's show, we're going to talk about the uh, game tonight against the Boston Celtics. We're going to dig into what we're kind of looking for, but we're going to dig in as well to some lingering thoughts from the first game of the season against the Wizards. Want to talk about the starting lineup in particular, because that was a question even before the first game, as Nick Nurse said, he wasn't really totally settled on what his five was going to be going into the season. So we're going to talk about that based on our impressions from game one. What might we see tonight in terms of the Raptors starting five and the rotation and all of that? Also probably going to talk about Kyle Lowry playing his first game with the Heat last night. I was unable to watch it emotionally. Katie did watch it. Uh, we're going to talk about that briefly. Uh, but first, before we get to that, A, I want to thank everybody for making us your first listen of the day. And a huge thank you, as always, for those who have subscribed on the podcast feeds or on YouTube. It's free to do so on all platforms, so please do it if you have not yet. It is very much appreciated. Ratings, reviews, and all that good stuff. Telling a friend are very much appreciated as well and today's show is brought to you by mcdonald's proudly serving companies uh, communities since 1965 mcdonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty affordable food it's an unofficial community center a big thank you to our friends at mcdonald's for always being there i'm loving it uh speaking of loving it katie it's your birthday and i love uh celebrating birthdays so uh, with this i have composed something it's not really gonna work very well uh because 
copyright. Uh, we, the, the the song that everyone wants to sing on the birthday mm-hmm. is protected by copyright. And so if you sing it or even, I think, hum the melody, you have to pay thousands of dollars to the guy who wrote the song back in 1921 or whatever the hell it was. So here's what we're going to do instead. I have composed something that maybe is going to work. And also I have a candle and some flame. Uh, I only had a number two candle in my uh, pantry. I don't know why. I had a two and a broken seven. This must be from when I turned 27. Uh, But two for your second pandemic birthday. Here we go. uh, And we will bring up the musical track to go along with your song. Birthday, 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 birthday. It's Katie's birthday. That's what we got. Uh, Damn, thank you. <laughs> make a wish. Uh, there we go. We'll mm. blow it out. I don't want to set my house on yeah. fire. Oh, you were making a wish. Uh, we can put it back. No, on I did. I did. Making a wish. Okay, okay. perfect. There we go. Uh, fire alarm won't go off. It's Katie's birthday. It's been established. Let's get to today's show. Thank shall you, we, Katie. Wow. <laughs> that was incredible. I'm deeply sorry to uh, anyone who had to. Uh... No, it was amazing. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, thank you to, as always, the Passion Hi-Fi for that free royalty-free music <laughs> that is not the birthday song. Uh, all right, Katie, let's get to the business on today's show. Uh, we should probably talk about Kyle Lowry playing his first game uh, as not a Raptor last night. I think a lot of Raptors fans were tuning in with curious eyes and sore hearts, perhaps, especially <laughs> after the game did not so go well, go, not, not so go well, not go so well on Wednesday as the Raptors lost to the Wizards. Uh, I could not bring myself to watch it. It was too much. Uh, I have to wait, I think, for the Raptors to win a game before I can enjoy the Kyle Lowry in another uniform uh, experience. But as I understand it, he barely scored any points and was like a plus a million. Basically, the Kyle Lowry uh, special. What was your impression of watching the beloved Kyle Lowry play his first game, not in Toronto in like eight years. Well, I tuned in a little bit late because like you, I was a little worried about my capacity to handle it. Um, mm-hmm. So I didn't necessarily get to see his, like this, I didn't see the whole first half, which is where I think he played the majority of his minutes. Um, mm-hmm. But what I did really like was in all the post games, like basically Bam and Jimmy credited him someone asked bam like what was what was the reason for like this more like aggressive uh offensive like capabilities that they were already coming out with and he was like it's basically just all kyle lowry (laughs) which i really appreciated um no that miami team is gonna be so much fun i've said it before Mm -hmm. uh i can't wait to watch a little like probably most all of their games um Mm -hmm. but it's going to be bittersweet every time. I can't say what I'm going to do the first time I actually see Larry take a charge for them. And mm-hmm. then I was thinking, <laughs> we were talking about this at the game uh, the yeah. other night, but like seeing him take a charge against Toronto, I'm not ready for that. No, not ready for it. Uh, <laughs> I'm also, I think it's going to be weird and there might be like a singularity formed whenever somebody takes a charge from Kyle uh, in a game for the Raptors. I don't know if it's possible. <laughs> He's pretty smart about not running into offensive fouls, but mm-hmm. um, whether it's like Scotty Barnes, it might, ooh, Scotty Barnes taking it from Kyle might be a pretty poetic moment. Maybe that's what we should be rooting for. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll get into the Kyle experience as time goes on here, but it's uh, 
it's troubling stuff right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, Katie, how you're feeling after that first game. Um, you know, I think there was a lot of optimism going in, and I still think there should be a lot of optimism. And I talked on yesterday's podcast about how we kind of saw all the different ranges of what the Raptors can be in that game against the the Wizards. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, there I think there's even a higher ceiling of good to be achieved. But I do think this is going to be a team with like massive oscillations in their output because it's such a sort of volatile collection of players and I don't mean that in a negative tone necessarily I think that's kind of part of the appeal but a lot of guys whose best nights are incredible and worst nights are really really bad and so I'm just kind of curious Katie you know you've had a couple days to merit it on that first game did anything in that game kind of stand out to you as you know what this maybe is a bigger cause for concern than I maybe thought there was going in or is it more of a just hey that was a game racked with nerves with a 15 minute pregame ceremony and there were some good moments to certainly pull from it to kind of salvage the night in that fourth quarter where are you at sort of uh, thinking about how that first game may have changed expectations uh, for Raptors fans and for the team going forward here well dude you know I loved the pregame ceremony you were sitting beside you were you were my uh (laughs) we were each other's uh press box partner in cry yeah yeah my mask was like wet under (laughs) my eyes by the end of it i was like oh another Mm. montage after two montages like bring them on i'll take them Mm -hmm. off Honestly, there were points at that game where I kind of looked up and I didn't understand the discrepancy uh, in the score. And I was like, why Mm -hmm. is Washington killing us right now? Um, Because I didn't actually think the Raptors looked that terrible. Because Mm -hmm. also the Wizards looked equally, I won't say terrible, because I just said the Raptors Mm -hmm. didn't. But I think everyone just looked like very messy, um, Mm -hmm. a little too loose. both like both teams, but I think it was just the shots weren't falling. And what can you do when like Fred had like Fred had 12 points throughout the entire first quarter. You could not like buy a bucket in the third, you know, Mm -hmm. um, like, like, and then you looked at kind of the stat lines too. Like OG had like, what did he have? And he closed out with like 10 or 12 rebounds. Yeah, like, he was 11 and 10, but 3 yeah. and 17 shooting, yeah. <clears throat> like, he was helping in other ways, and I found, like, it was kind of like that across the board for the team. Um, yeah. I'm not that upset. Maybe I'm trading places with you on It's Fine Island. Also, it was the first <laughs> game of the year. It sucks not to yeah. win the home opener. But granted, yeah. like, I do agree with what Fred said in the post game, which was just that, like, this is what he'd been telling all those guys, you know, going into the season, like, this is the mm-hmm. regular season now and it's different. Um, yeah. You had your preseason, you know, like you had your summer league, you had your summer to feel really good and excited, but like this is a different kind of work and it's a different kind of stage. And I, I think we saw that, you know, but there were flashes here and there. I think mm-hmm. the team probably looked a bit more complete than I even anticipated they would on opening mm-hmm. night. Um, I think my major takeaway was just you need to play Delano Banton the entire <laughs> The entire game because he just he was the only one I think that was kind of he was pressing you know like he was mm-hmm. rare like super smothering <laughs> on defense like with these long octopus arms he was making yeah. all the kind of hustle plays that I think we really miss Kyle Larry for in those situations mm-hmm. but like I'm not very depressed yeah <laughs> no I, and I should point. say like it's gonna be yeah. volatility in the sense that there's going to be extreme, extremely great games, and then the bad mm-hmm. games are going to look probably that much worse for a little while. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, we, we saw sort of the worst that this team's going to be able to put out in those first two and a half quarters, I think, where they were at like 49 points until like the three minute mark of the third. Um, you know, and I think that's fine. I think it's going to be about the process. And I think not to be all Sixers. Ew, sorry, I said that. I'll bleep that out. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> it just, you know, I, I do think it's going to be sort of a slow burn here. And I think that's part of the experience of this season. And you kind of have to be on board with that if you're going to enjoy it if you're expecting this to be a fine-tuned machine from day one it's just not going to happen there's not the continuity this team has had basically every year over the last eight seasons and continuity matters and sort of getting all of that very intense energy that a lot of these guys bring to the table controlled is going to take some time and i do have some thoughts on how maybe the lineup construction can maybe feed into helping get that sort of very frantic energy into a bit more of a sort of constructive channel. So we'll get to that in one second here, Katie. But first, I want to tell people about our friends over at McDonald's. Locked on Raptors is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable, dependable Wi-Fi and an endless supply of French flies and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, the away team can come to recharge. It's the place you always look forward to stopping on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. I can tell you the number of times I have stopped off at a McDonald's on a road trip out to the lovely east coast of Canada. It's frankly uh, out of control, but it's because it's the best thing. Am I going to go stop at some sort of you know backwater uh, like? family restaurant in the middle of Quebec? Not a chance. No way. I'm going with what I know and where I know I can get a tasty meal to power myself through an 18-hour day of driving. So head to your local McDonald's and refuel and reconnect. Did somebody say Locked On Raptors Watch Party? Ooh, maybe we did. Who does, who's to say? Either way, thank you to McDonald's for sponsoring the podcast. I'm loving it. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. We continue on here now with uh, Katie as we uh, let's talk about the starting lineups, uh, Katie. We heard from Nick Nurse before the first game on Wednesday that he was not quite sure as to what he wanted to do with the starting five, especially at the center position between Precious Achua and Kem Birch. And I think there's a lot of different arguments you can make for all the different lineup configurations that are possible with this team. But I do think my sort of prevailing takeaway from that first game, and maybe even just like the first six minutes where they had Precious in at the starting five, is I kind of wonder if maybe they should start Kem Birch and also maybe start Gary Trent Jr. in place of Goran Dragic. We can get to the Trent Dragic thing in a second here, but Birch versus Achua, two very different styles styles of player Ken Birch is rock solid he doesn't really you know gamble all that much he's just kind of positionally sound offensively maybe a little bit less dynamic than Precious is he's not going to be the same lob threat that we saw Precious attempt to be about nine times and succeed about twice in that first game um, but he is going to be someone who can sort of make that extra pass he's very unsexy compared to the sort of you know loudness that Precious Achua can bring both are nice elements to have. It's nice to have that diverse set of skill sets from your centers. But based on the first game, Katie, 
Did you feel any sort of way about, okay, maybe Burt should be in there, or do you kind of want to let this ride with Precious to see if maybe the higher upside looking, you know, player can kind of fall into some sort of comfort zone with whoever the Raptors are starting with? I think in the next game, especially against the Celtics, it makes a lot of sense to start Birch at center. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think like you and I had been chatting about, I think in a previous episode, these starting lineups are going to stay fluid for such a long time that it doesn't really make (laughs) sense to get too hung up on who is or who isn't in it. Um, Mm -hmm. And even like what your kind of favorite is schematically because Nurse is just going to switch that so much. <laughs> like not, and I, w- I wanted to go back quickly to what we were talking about in the first game because I just thought of this but like 60% of that Wizards team um, were ex-Lakers so these are guys that have won a lot of experience and also have like played together consistently mm-hmm. before which was something that also the majority of the Raptors do not have so mm-hmm. that's going to take some time to shake out as well and that's going to be something they'll be going up against pretty much every team in the league, right? You know, they're yeah. they're sort of the odd ones out this season. But I do like him at the five, as you said, like he's not as offensively versatile uh, as Precious. Mm-hmm. But that also frees Precious up to like be in other spots on the floor if he if Nurse for some reason wanted to play them together. You know, I'm a fan of a gigantic lineup, so mm-hmm. that could work too. Um, but I think, you know, Fred is used to playing with a center that's more like him. Like Fred... Yeah. I think OG, once Pascal comes back, like they're used to somebody like Marcus All in those spots, right? You you sure. don't necessarily need this like extremely fluid uh, offensively, you know, is everywhere. You kind of, they want this like very stable workhorse. Mm-hmm. Maybe, yeah, like again, unsexy, but like it works. And that's what they're, yeah. that's who they're used to running plays through. So I'd like to see Kim have more time at that spot. He didn't really get a lot of time at that spot in camp either because he missed all of it. Yeah. So there's you got to count that into it too. Um, I don't mind Ragic starting. I don't know. I maybe I would quibble with you there. Uh, I'd have yeah. to see more from Gary generally uh, yeah. than to trust him. Perhaps in the starting lineup, just I don't know. And I think it's I think it's like Goran is a good anchor. He's a good anchor mm-hmm. for a lot of this energy that we're seeing. Right? If they can mm-hmm. kind of if he can kind of slow the entire team down. That's that's also a lot of what they need right now, too. Yeah, this is the thing that I think is going to be kind of the interesting sort of struggle that's going on with the team all season long is the struggle between like the guys who are sort of the calming, slow things down, sort of let's get organized type of dudes versus the guys who are like, uh, let's fly around like maniacs and Mm -hmm. who cares about organization? Let's just be wild cards all the time. And I'm struggling with how you sort of match those guys up and do you lean into having just like a complete five-man unit of chaos agents in the second lineup like do you go like full-on like banton trent uh like svee boucher precious with svee being like the only sort of like chill dude who's gonna slow things down and kind of be like the adults in the room in that lineup is that worth trying or is that just far too much in the way of erratic play to have as a lineup do you sort of with the starting five you know, I, I think Scotty Barnes is, I think, in sort of the, the column of let's be kind of freelancing wild cards. And I think, you know, OG and Fred are more that sort of reserve type. And, and I think, you know, trying to find the balance of 
do you throw in precious in there to add that sort of extra bit of ball handling and you know maybe it's too much ball handling almost like that, that starting lineup they threw out there had five guys who could put the ball on the deck mm-hmm. i wonder if it's almost maybe like a all right whose turn is it to do the thing here when you have five guys who do that as opposed to maybe putting in some role guys where you can have a bit more structure to every single possession so i think i would like to see fred trent uh og barnes and chem start in the next game against the Celtics, just to get that look, they went to that look pretty early on in that game against the wizards as well. It was the first sub they made. They brought in Trent and Birch in in place of Dragic and and Achua. I think probably just to get a look at what that lineup kind of looks like uh, geometrically and all that stuff. And I do think there's a good balance of shooting chaos, you know, calm reserved play there. And then maybe the second unit, if you throw Dragic in there, you can kind of go with a Dragic and Svi, you know, either a 1-2 or a 2-3, depending on if Banton's going to be in there. Then you've got Boucher and Precious kind of playing off one another. You have that chaos front court. I kind of think maybe that's the way. And this is all sort of presupposing that they're going to play with, um, you know, five-man bench units, which they won't always. They're going to sprinkle in Fred or OG and stagger those guys in. But just in terms of, like, the tandems of players I'm thinking about, I kind of like the Trent and Birch sort of, you know, dynamic that they bring to the sort of core three starters. If we're assuming Barnes is one of the core three starters right now until Siakam gets back, mm-hmm. I, I think that's maybe the lineup configuration I, I dig. But I don't know, do you have any thoughts on, you know, my desire for that to be the starting five going into Celtics night tonight? It makes a lot of sense, especially because I think, I mean, I think both lineups can use some delegation. I do, I do mm-hmm. like the idea of having a all chaos, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like backup lineup in your back pocket. For nurse, mm-hmm. just to kind of unleash that, especially when you've got like low energy games or energy slumps in games. Now, you're um, down because, 30 and need to press yeah. for six straight minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I was super heartened to see like the fact that Delano, again, like Delano Benton could spring that up in the team. They just waited a little too late for it. I mean, were you at all comforted <laughs> that you were like, oh, this is an entirely different team? Yet we are having a down by 10 points, two minutes left in the game. It did feel nice. Comeback. It was like, <laughs> this feels very familiar to me. Uh, mm-hmm, and this isn't something mm-hmm. I thought I missed. And it's an organizational culture thing. It's I just carrying it. on through. <laughs> yeah, it tripped me again. It always, mm-hmm. it always tricks me. Or I just, I want to believe in it. Um, oh, when they cut it to 10 and OG almost hit that three, I was like, oh, they're going to win this game. And it's going to be like the beginning of mm-hmm. something beautiful this season. And maybe it mm-hmm. still is like the seedling of something beautiful. But yeah, I was fully bought in with like six minutes left. I'm looking at the clock, five possession game. They got this. It's done. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're also, we're going to miss Pascal. Like we're going to miss Pascal in these oh, lineups yeah. until he's back. And I, I don't. It's like bittersweet because it's not a terrible thing to realize how much you miss a player like that, especially after yeah. all the shit that he's gone through, you know, um, mm-hmm. in the last couple seasons. So, but I like that they'll hopefully figure out the rotations so he can just kind of slip into them when he's back because he's also a player who's capable of that. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm not too like, we'll see. Like, again, like my feeling of all these games is there's very little they could lose there's very little ways in which they could lose that would upset me yeah which is a strange position to be taking watching <laughs> the raptors you know uh, mm-hmm. like a team that we like to be honest until last season we're winning a consistently winning team whether they yeah. did that quietly or kind of under the radar we also got used to that but um i understand why there's some discrepancy right now i understand why the lineups aren't set i understand why players are maybe like looking a little 
too long and rangy and frazzled and I mm -hmm. understand to a degree why shots aren't falling like this is just the beginning of the season it's a brand new team it's going to take a really it's going to take a while to iron things out uh into mm -hmm. something that's workable yeah, I think the first part of the season will be basically like if you were cooking pasta and instead of throwing one noodle at the wall, you just take the whole pot and Toss just it. chuck it at the wall. Yeah. And then you've got, yes, some mess to clean up, but also you might have a nice dinner stuck to the wall in yeah. some sort of uh, Jackson Pollock looking way. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. like dinner art. Uh, anyway, we will continue on here. Talk about the game against the Celtics tonight, things we might be looking for. I also want to talk about Malachi Flynn, who has been the forgotten man this week because he did mm -hmm. not play on Wednesday. Maybe to some surprise, maybe not to, to any surprise. We'll get to that as well. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar. And, and look, I've been telling you for a long time, Built Bars are fantastic. I even have one right here. It's the brand new blueberry muffin flavor. They have limited time edition flavors that pop up all the time on their site. They're the best tasting protein bar in the world they taste like a candy bar it's an incredible incredible thing and they're good for you as well let me just read off the specs on this one we've got 140 calories in the blueberry muffin 17 grams of protein six grams of sugar i'm gonna have this bad boy after the podcast is gonna fuel me through the rest of my afternoon and it's gonna be delightful i highly recommend you go check them out they have nine amazing flavors in their regular lineup as well you can go and pick up a mixed box get two of each of the nine flavors and then pick which one you want the most 17 to 18 grams of protein in all their bars calories ranging from just 130 to 180 they're a wonderful replacement for your standard candy bar it's a really great thing if you want to wean yourself off the sweets highly recommend a built bar because it can uh, be both good tasting and good for you go to built.com use the promo code locked 15 and get 15 percent off your order that's the promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's continue on here, Katie. Let's round it out. The Raptors take on the Boston Celtics tonight at TD Garden or whatever it's called, the place where the Celtics play and uh, the place where they get aggrieved when people step on their stupid mascot. Uh, <laughs> we are. Uh, we should probably talk about Malachi Flynn in terms of things to watch for tonight. Obviously, the rotation seems far from set. Saw some bizarro lineups. Delano Bandon break glass in case of emergency duty in that game on Wednesday, maybe earning himself some more minutes going forward here. That backcourt's like pretty crowded, actually, with their, their full health right now. All their injuries are in the front court, And between Van Vliet, Trent, Dragic, Svee, and Flynn, someone's going to be the odd man out most nights, it would seem, especially if Banton is going to throw himself into the mix, even though I don't really know what position Banton plays. It's, uh, it's a concept. I, I, he's a more a concept than a position. Either way, um, Katie, Malachi Flynn. Tonight against the Celtics, do you think we see him? Do you want to see him get into the lineup? I wouldn't mind seeing him in the third for his sake, but if we mm -hmm. were talking about before, um, whatever lineup this is, whether it's your starting or your backup, they need delegation. And we haven't seen that yet from Malachi. Um, I don't mean that he's not capable of it, but I think right now, like you need you need you need someone who's in a like a position to take control confidently and we haven't got that yet from him i also understand that like to get that a player like him 
especially after the season he had last season, super bizarro season, didn't get a summer league, shy of a little bit uh, of on-court development. He needs minutes. But I also think that's something that will probably be helped and figured out by him spending some time with the 905, which I think like so, we're going to see so many players this season shuttle back and yeah. forth, um, which is also something that was missing last season. So I think yeah. that he'll benefit tremendously from that. I would like to see him in the Celtics game just because like, you know, before we started recording, you and I were talking about, yeah, there's a lot of weird new additions <laughs> to the Celtics and it is a, it is in some ways, there are like a lot of new pieces, but the, the, the character of that team is still very much intact. Um, yeah. It's a very, there's a lot of pressure, you know, in that lineup. And I think yeah. Flynn would do well to play in that situation. Um would do well to see how he responds to almost like some hostility in that way. Yeah. I'm not Throwing like, Marcus gotta, smarter to guys. No, no, nice I'm not like, we got to break yeah. him, but I just want to see him. <laughs> I just want to see his reaction to that. Like, and like, what yeah. kind of decisions is he going to make? Because until we actually know that you can't necessarily confidently put him in a lot of these lineups. And I think that's what, that's what's missing right now. And that's kind of the catch 22, right? He's only going to get that if he plays, but he can't play because he doesn't have that. Yeah, I think the 905 point's interesting because I did not pencil him in as a guy who was going to be in the 905 at all this season. I figured, okay, he's just going to be part of the rotation. The summer league stuff looked really good. Yeah, the preseason wasn't great, but mm-hmm. you know, this guy's had such a weird like career so far between getting drafted after barely playing a college season before, then you know, having three preseason games a month after getting drafted, no offseason in the Raptors incubator or whatever comes in, looks amazing in the preseason, like looks better than LaMelo Ball in two preseason games against the Hornets, like absolutely outclasses him. And I think there's this like level of expectation set for Flynn that's probably unfair. And I wonder if maybe the 905 this season for him is the move just to get him the reps that a lot of these other guys in the Raptors core had the benefit of when they first came into the league that Flynn did not get last year because he was in Mm -hmm. the bubble for like two games, looked awesome, and then had to be recalled because the team had four available players. So I think, yeah, that's going to be an interesting subplot here is does Banton play himself out of being a 905 assignment once the G League season gets going? And does Flynn actually become the guy who becomes like the developmental prize piece for the 905 this year under Patrick Matumbo. That's going to be fascinating. Um, Katie, any other sort of uh, stray thoughts on tonight's game against the Boston Celtics, either from the Raptors side of things or things matchup-wise that you're particularly keen on watching when it comes to the Celtics? Uh, It's always a fun matchup because there's always this inherent chippiness. I think I'm going to be looking for what, how like Fred and OG um, and Boucher, if he's in particularly respond to this team without Lowry around yeah. because I think this is, this is a, this is going to be a good, hopefully not bad, but like a good instance to see what we lose without that buffer. Mm-hmm. You know, like he was the way he just kind of organized the floor and also was a bit more of a, a protector in ways that weren't necessarily so over against teams like this, you know, like teams that are really like, can be super physical, can be a little bit chippy, you know, can body up to our guys. I want to see how they respond to that. It sounds like yeah. everyone, I'm just like, let's break them. But I don't feel yeah. that. That's not what I mean. <laughs> let's please not private pile these guys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think for me, I'm really interested to see how OG gets deployed against the Celtics. How do the Celtics mm-hmm. defend him? Are they just throwing Jalen Brown on him? We've seen the success 
Jalen Brown's had guarding Pascal Siakam in the past. Can he carry that over to guarding OG? Or is Jalen Brown just this guy who scores 40 points every night now and is kind of not the number one defensive assignment type guy? You know, where does Marcus Smart figure in defensively? Does he end up guarding Fred? Does he end up guarding OG for times? And, and honestly, I'm curious, you know, if the Raptors roll out these sort of, you know, large lineups where everybody looks the same and is, the, you know, the same shape and everything like that, does that open the door for the Celtics to just switch everything? And then how do the Raptors, you know, respond to that? Are they able to find and hunt those mismatches? Are there match mismatches to even hunt with the Celtics, considering they're going to roll out, you know, Smart, Tatum, uh, Brown, Horford, and Williams probably as their starting five? Like, are they able to, you know, find the soft spots in that? You know, I, that that's really fascinating. And I think that's kind of an interesting subplot to the way this team is constructed is, you know, are there mismatch hunters on this team? Are teams going to be able to, are the Raptors going to be able to counter when teams do switch against them? The way the Raptors, I think, are going to force teams into a lot of problems when they do decide to switch against them as well. And that's, I guess, the other thing I'm looking at is, do they kind of tone down the defensive intensity tonight? We know in the past they've been super keen on sending extra bodies Jason Tatum's way, and Tatum has talked about how difficult the Raptors tend to be as a team for him to go up against. Like that's, I think he had the quote that that's they're the most difficult team he's come across, defensively speaking. I wonder if the Raptors, you know, see what happened in the first half of that Wizards game, look at the sort of success they had, maybe being a little bit more reserved in that third quarter against the Wizards, and maybe do they apply that to the Celtics, where there's a lot of guys who can hunt mismatches, and, and you know, but there's not a lot of mismatches to be hunted on the Raptors as well. So how's that all kind of coming together? Or do they just play the, we're going to throw everything at Jason Tatum and, you know, dare Al Horford and Marcus Smart to hit threes, Marcus Smart has a propensity for hitting like six of eight threes against the Raptors. So I'm mm -hmm. a little bit concerned about that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> did, uh, did you have any parting shots about Raptors Celtics tonight, Katie? No, I'm curious. I'm just curious to see the vibes of the Celtics team, uh, yeah. especially with some strange vibes pieces uh, added, added over the yeah. summer. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just very curious. I like, I I'm going to sound like a broken record, but I want to see Delano. Uh, I like, as early as possible in this game. Yeah. I mean, if there are dreams to be had of five man lineups where everybody is six foot nine, Benton being the point guard is kind of the pathway to those. If you're mm -hmm. really looking to get weird. So uh, that's certainly something to keep an eye on Katie. That's going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much for being here and happy birthday to you on your birthday. Do you have anything you would like to promote? Uh, not really. I mean, <laughs> I can promote, I will promote uh, Basketball Feelings, which launched its paid option, optionally paid option this week. Uh, there's a podcast there now. There will be more bonus content. You can opt in, paid or not, uh, at basketballfeelings.com. What better birthday gift to give than to give the gift of money to Katie via <laughs> Basketball Feelings? I'm a subscriber. You should also be a subscriber because it's the, just the best darn thing in basketball writing in the whole wide world. Uh, and uh, that's going to do it for today's show. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at Woodley Sean. You can find the podcast free and available on all your favorite podcast platforms and on YouTube. Please go hit subscribe on the YouTube page. It's much appreciated when you go ahead and do that. And uh, that is uh, all I got. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day as well. We'll be back again on Monday, hopefully with Big V to break down the Celtics and Mavericks games from over the weekend, a couple of big ones for the Raptors, hopefully not staring down the barrel of an 0-3 uh, start, but the Mavericks look terrible under, under Jason Kidd, so maybe there's a chance that the Raptors <laughs> 
blow them out of the water in their second home game on Saturday. Uh, and then on Monday, they'll be taking on, I believe, DeMar DeRozan's Chicago Bulls, which we'll look ahead to on Monday as well. Yasmin Dewal is going to join to break down that Bulls game on Tuesday next week, too. So we've got a loaded slate as we continue to dive into regular season basketball here on Locked On Raptors. That's going to do it for today's show. We'll talk to you on Monday with another episode of Locked On Raptors. Bye-bye. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 